Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Red 7, Red 7, Red 7, Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the big difference between winning and losing! Welcome into 11 Personnel, episode 110, where we are fresh off an open practice over at the Joe Craft football training facility. Our first look at Will Levis as QB1 before we share everything we saw at practice. Adam Luckett, we got to thank our good friends at Rosas. Just had a very good lunch. Very good lunch. Uh, tried the Buddy Deluxe. It's got a little bit of pepperoni, sausage, spicy sausage, banana peppers, and ham. The banana peppers really just make it pop. You know it's good when you're ready to take a nap after eating it. That's how you know it's a good meal. <laughs> it definitely hit the spot after being out in the sun and watching some football today. Well, and they don't have just pizzas. They've got crowd pleasers, like 50 wings that you can add to your party, to your tailgate this season. Or, uh, you know, if you just want to do it big. Are you, get, are you getting home from the ball game? You're hungry? Been out in the sun a little bit? Oh, well, order, pack 12 after dark. Yeah, order a pizza, 7, 8 o'clock, and just settle down there on the couch. Pizza, wings, breadsticks, whatever you want. La Rosa's can deliver it for you. Three locations in Lexington. Yep, visit LaRosa's.com to order pickup delivery, or you can join them in the dining room. La Rosa's, they are the best, and we appreciate them supporting us throughout this Kentucky football preseason. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett in Luckett. We got a practice today. A morning practice. It was perfect well, weather. Yeah, overcast, a little cool, mm-hmm. nice little breeze. Um, and I don't. I, what, what, what what popped off for you? Like it? What was the big the big the big? Number one, I think the best moment of the day was uh, myself and you, Nick Roush. We were over there watching <laughs> OLDL go at it. And uh, Tony Neely goes over, got to respect guys that just, they watch the, the trench play all day. And so we did spend a good amount of time over there. Saw some good trash talk. Guys saw some good trash talk. Really was interested because uh, right, right off the jump, you, you go out there and in pre-practice, I saw Darren Kennard at right tackle, Jeremy Flax at right guard, Fortner at center, Horsey at left guard, and then Rosenthal at left tackle. And really in pre-practice, you're just kind of running through like on-air type things and just running through different drills and whatnot. But then as practice progressed, you saw Darren Kennard at right tackle and Rosenthal at left tackle through everything they were doing throughout practice. So really was interested in that. And then when watching them going against some drills against the D-line, I, I thought I was impressed with how the D-line played mm-hmm. personally. You know, Josh Paschal was Josh Paschal, um, but both Marquand McCall and then Josiah Hayes at nose, I thought he was really good today. I thought Octavius Oxendine showed some things at boundary tackle. He, he looks good. Yeah, so that was really – that was my number one big takeaway is just I was impressed by the defensive line. They they looked better than I thought they would look. 
going into today? We, we had a lot of, you know, you, you have your moments where, you know, your coaches just kind of go nuts and let some F-bombs fly. Uh, Stoops undressed one of his assistants during seven on seven. Unlike anything I've heard before, it was it was quite the uh, ass chewing, if you will. But my favorite trash talking moment was during that offensive line defense line period where, you know, Austin Dotson he loves to mix it up. He loves kind of stirring the mm-hmm. pot. No doubt, w- was taking some shots at the uh, at the D line, and then <laughs> I, I I don't I, th- I want to say it was Justin Rogers maybe who was going up against Quentin Wilson and kind of blew him up, but he got him a little high. So, you know, Coach Stu, Anwar Stewart, he was all fired up. And the entire offensive line is just like, oh, you think you can do that? And <laughs> Horsey goes, what, what, where'd you learn that, Coach Stu? What do they do up in, the, in Canada? You yeah, know, th- this yeah. here in America. And I just – I love the Canadian trash talk. Like, really taking pot shots at Stewart it's for playing a, a decade in the CFL. League. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got bringing out the CFL stuff out on us. So, yeah. uh, but I, I like the uh, the guy in Anmar's former position too. Uh, I, I didn't even look up the GA's name, but to make sure that everybody is like they aren't wasting any practice time mm-hmm. for a lot of it, you know, the the GA's working with ones the, and twos are with the main position coaches. Yes, threes and fours which is mostly kind of true freshman walk-ons, mm-hmm. um, are with the GAs. Maybe a few redshirt freshmen thrown in there. But right. like Jamarius Dinkins, Quill Sanders, which, by the way, those guys, when it's their turn to go in like the team drills, pretty good. Yeah, we didn't get to see Saunders that he was banged up, I believe. Um, but Dinkins is just a monster of a man. Yeah, big old boy. And so he really stands out. And there was a moment in practice today where they were doing um, 11 on 11. It's just kind of tap off. It's – you know, hit, don't fall, didn't take nobody to the ground. Dinkins gets in there and slings Lavelle Wright like a rag doll to the ground. <laughs> and, and Brad White got on him right quick. I, I, I love the, the coaches, like, because that is a very, I don't want to say rookie mistake, but that is the ultimate, I'm a freshman trying to, like, show something, and then you show a little too much, and then the coaches just jump your ass. Absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he – He's a big old boy, which uh, before we get back into practice, that's a perfect segue into a big old boy that joined the Big Blue Nation on Sunday, a day later than expected. Tomiwa Durajayao. Oh, man, I already – Tomiwa Durajayi, I think it is. There we go. Yeah. I, wow. That was that was a great Oklahoma uh, pronunciation. Tomiwa Durajayi. Yeah, that was good. That was good. See, for- I've had to learn uh, DJ Uyagalale. And so that's really helped me with some of these pronunciations. So I, I think that, that helped me in learning Tamiwa's name. But, yes, added to – we were supposed to be on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, good kick. We were waiting I, that I, on Saturday and I then bet it he popped had, Sunday afternoon. I would guess there was video technical difficulties or something. That's usually that, what had happened. That's what I think it was. Yeah. The, the editing process took a little bit longer than expected. Um, but, nevertheless, they got a lengthy guy from Delaware, which – not not something you normally hear, but, hey, Brad White, he, he was fishing those waters. He finally got him one. Yeah, well, I mean, we're starting to see kind of the blueprint, I think, for Amar Stewart. is just they just want length over everything else. And so, I think Tamiwa kind of fits in with uh, Jamari Stinkins and Khalil Saunders, that same type of mold. Um, just tall and long um, and can hold good weight. And he could get up – I think he's 245 right now, but you could see him getting up to 270, 275 pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Now, I think he's a little bit more twitchy than the previous two um, in this past class. So, I would say his ceiling's probably a little higher. But that's kind of 
Um, that's kind of the, the mold they're looking for right now. Um, Three-star development type kids um, that they can come in, bring along slowly. Now, I do think eventually, like, you're going to have to hit on some. It's some a big guy, fish, yeah. Yeah, some guys that can come in and help you right away. Um, but here lately, they've, they're going after some more developmental prospects. And the traits they're looking for, I think, are, you know, long, lean, mm-hmm. um, and athletic. And then guys that can hold probably good weight. And I think Saunders, Jamarius Dinkins, and Tamiwa all fit that kind of mold. Well, and that it brings me back to the defensive line because we, we talked to Stewart after Thursday's practice. And, you know, we Justin Rogers obviously is going to get asked about quite a bit right. from just, you know, Joe Fan out there because, I mean, hell, he's as highly as ranked as he was. And uh, he just preached patience, you know, like, hey, this guy – I mean, Marquand McCall was highly ranked too, and you're not really seeing a ton of him until four years into the program. Like, it, it takes these guys a little bit longer, especially the bigger guys um, who are going to be your kind of run stuffers. Now, uh, you know, Rodgers, I, I think he had like nine snaps or so last year in seven games. So, or nine snaps, he averaged nine snaps over seven games he played in. Yeah. Uh, so, like, he, he played a decent amount. Um, I think between him and Josiah Hayes, they'll, they'll you yeah. know, I think it was, own, it was of note today that Hayes was pretty much getting most of the two snaps mm-hmm. behind McCall. And it also doesn't help that this is a you know base three four team mm-hmm. when you know ideally you're playing both of those guys at right. two defense tackles. Right. Um, yeah. If you were more a four down front, uh, with yeah. three tech and a one tech, or a three tech and a you know a shade no, nose or, or nose or yeah. shade nose, yeah, that would make more sense. But I mean, if you just looked at senior tape, Hayes might have it was. Probably, I thought it was better than Rogers. Yeah. Um, so, but he was like a he was a big prospect too. Now he he's nobody to gloss over. Right, right. He was a top two hundred guy from Mississippi. And so, but I think they're going to be in good hands there at the nose position. Regardless, the big question mark is just that boundary ta- is well. And I think Pascal needs to stay healthy. Yep. Kind of addressed this in the Larosa's de- uh, defensive line position preview that dropped Tuesday more or Tuesday afternoon. So go check that out at KentuckySportsRadio.com if you haven't already. The new KSR. The new KSR. Which looks really shiny. It also looks way different behind the scenes. So if we're a little slow, we're still figuring this stuff out. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, some, IT some, shit, some IT issues going on. Yeah. It's, it's been a little uh, – it's a growing process. We're getting through it. We're, we're getting through it together. But of all of the site redesigns, this was the first time we had to learn something new. So – Oh, man, sometimes it makes me feel like an old man. Growing but, pains. But we're, we're getting through the growing pains. Um, and oh, I interrupted you, but as you said during the D-line preview, Pascal needs uh, to stay healthy. And the, one, the number one thing is Pascal staying healthy, and then they have to find um, some pass rush. I mean, Havoc is the name of the game. You, the, some of the numbers through the season last year were pretty ugly, pretty bad. Um, that's something they have to get fixed this year. Now, boundary tackle is a big – position there that's the spot where Calvin Taylor Jr. gave him eight and a half sacks yeah 2019 and they just did without having to dollop blitzes and stuff they didn't have anything from that spot especially with that nose tackle that that's more of a space eater kind of in their scheme so they have to figure out something there um, so that's a big position to watch I think as the season progresses no d- that definitely I like what Oxendown gives as well as a boule um they're moving some stuff around, and when you get in certain pass rush stuff, yeah. you can I think change from, things around. From our seats, I think should probably be cheering for Ox 
kind of there to kind of take that over. Yeah. Redshirt yeah. freshman. He's got some t- more twitchiness, I think, than the other guys yeah, got some competing juice. for that battle. And if he's able to take that over, then you're looking at a guy that can you really invest in and build in for the future. And he wears number eight on the defensive line. Yeah, single like, digits just, God, they just look better for it sure. It pops so much. Got a great beard. Kentucky kid. His name's Ox, for God's sakes. Octavius Oxendine is a Marvel villain. I know Doc Ock definitely fits that bill, and that's why we go to that. But, man, he, he can play a big role in the future, and you just hope that he can – uh, take that on now, head on now. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how many reps you get on, but they did look good on their run stop. Now, it's different when you've got a team run period and it's just – and you don't have Chris Rodriguez yeah. and you're not tackling all the way down. Yeah, and the tap off, it's important to notice you're hitting and then you're stopping pretty much. You're not driving anyone to the ground. Yeah. So, it's all about takeoff, um, first contact strike, and then kind of let go. So, the defense kind of has the advantage there. So, right, there's going to be right. runs that you – like, we're sitting there watching the day, oh, that was probably a two-yard gain, when really, if they're driving more, it could have been an easy six, seven, eight-yard gain. Yeah, and yeah. then we heard Liam calling after practice. Yeah. He didn't get to see Chris Rodriguez in a scrimmage in the spring because, obviously, running back, take a lot of hits. They're, they're light on him. They're light on him. But they let him go kind of a little bit in this past scrimmage. Which and, I still think was only a couple series or two, but man, that one. Right. What and was the quote he had? It's nice to see. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see him run. He's uh, pretty much says that he he lives up to the hype, and he's pretty yeah. pretty good ball and, player. And when I mentioned not seeing Rodriguez today, I mean they they keep it light on him during these practices yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Wandale, he practiced some early, and then towards the end, I don't know if he tweaked anything or if he was just, but he he did not finish practice. So when they went two minute drill. Uh, that that was one of the that, that was a highlight of the practice for me. Yeah, it opened up an opportunity for Razan Lewis. Was running strictly with the ones there in mm-hmm. two minute towards the end of practice. I think he had two big catches. Yeah. Well, big takeaway for me, I think we got the as of right now, I think I know who the top four receivers are. Okay, him. Uh, Wandell Ali, and I think when they went eleven personnel with the ones, Epps was the receiver. So that's three receivers, one running back, one tight end, and then when they went two minute. The next guy was Rasan Lewis. He was yeah. wide receiver four. And then after that, I would say Chauncey Magwood is right there behind them. So, I think when you go into the ULM game, those are going to be kind of the five receivers we probably see playing. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I'm curious where DeMarcus Harris fits in this because you yeah. see him making plays. He flashed today. And you see Tay-Tay Crooms has his speed. I think those guys are probably – Right there, right there in that next kind of area. Yeah, and I just don't know how they, they fit in, like, sub-wise with Epps or whatever. Because, you know, you, I, I feel like I see the other guys flash a little more than Epps, but Epps does make yeah. some routine plays look routine. So, like in Crooms' case, Crooms caught one really good deep ball, like where he just got loose on a go-route and, you know, dropped it right in, big mm-hmm. play. But then on another slant, you know, he just got bullied by the corner. Yeah. Throwing a wrench in all of this is just Jatan McClain, mm-hmm. how he's used in the passing game. Isaiah Cummings as a tight end is really kind of a glorified receiver. C.J. Conrad got hyped on a, on a flag route he caught today. Mm-hmm. But it's, there's also, with that catch, there's also the times where they break the huddle and Isaiah's going to the wrong side of the ball. And they're like, Isaiah, what the hell? Right. Yeah. You know, like, so, Still learning the position. Right, right. Um, and, and I think with all of these – And th- on that one, he double-guessed himself. He went right. And then went – Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that one was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But you, in, in, I think in the case, too, for all of these, especially when we talk about receivers, 
a lot of it's okay. You're, all right, that's a nice little play, but th- they really haven't got the consistency yet. You know, I mean, hell, there was even a couple balls that Josh Ali dropped out there mm-hmm. where you're like, Josh, catch the damn thing, you know. And that that he did, he missed that to start the two minute drive, but then they got a bunch of plays together. Lewis makes a couple nice ones, but then he quits running on one route. Yep. And then Levis, I mean, it would have been a sixty yard touchdown, and it, it hit the spot, but. He slowed down and then started back up when it was too late. He was three it, steps too short. Yeah, I believe it was on a corner out. But it was kind of just what we kind of expected to, I think, for the wide receiver position. Yeah. We've gotten two open practices, and each of them you're, you go walking away and you're just like, eh. Like, there's – obviously, Ali, Wandell have made plays kind of at this level. You expect them to be guys you can lean on. But after that, it's a lot of, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll see. And, but then – how you get the tight ends and then the running backs involved in the pass game. I think that's the real hope for this offense. It's hopefully they, the lack of wide receiver, I guess, players or guys you can depend on, they can maybe alleviate that at some other positions, which is uh, reasons to get optimistic, I would say, and when, then when projecting the offense. E- even more mysteriously, you know, you didn't have Jatah McLean or Smoke Dressed out there today. They were banged up with something. Trayvon Morgan was out. He's been banged up. So uh, – I mean, in, even with that miss to Lewis, they still Levis moved the ball down the field, got a field goal to to end the practice. So that gets us to the the big story of the week. Will Levis is your starting quarterback. We made it 15 minutes like it. Made it 15 minutes without talking about Will Levis earning the starting job. Keep it's a lot of scrimmage podcast anyway. Yeah, keep, keeping our listeners on their toes a little bit. But uh, it happened Sunday afternoon. Uh, all of the, the things came into place. Like, what was your first reaction when you heard that Levis was going to be QB1? Surprised a little bit of the timing. It happened pretty fast. I didn't think it would happen that fast. But it's – it was the end result I think we've all kind of expected ever since mm-hmm. he was at – once he was at it, that, that, that's who I thought was going to be the quarterback. And so, I, that it happened that fast was surprised me a little bit. Um, but that was really my big takeaway. I wasn't surprised that he's the guy. I was just surprised that it, it happened that fast. It, it was one of those things for me where just based purely on precedent, the Stoops takes his time, <laughs> you know, to, to make these decisions. He lets guys play it out. But in every other case, there's been a scrimmage where he's saying, I want a guy to go out there and take the role. I want somebody to go out there and win it. Well, well, Levis went out there and won it. He went out there and won it. I think he's looked apart from the get-go, uh, and he certainly developed into a much more accurate thrower than what he kind of was billed as at Penn State. And he's just got some arm talent. You know, like today, I think ball placement was the the key phrase, if you will, because he was putting it on him. I mean, if guys – I can remember maybe – there was one in particular where it was just like, all right, that was that was off. But there weren't a whole lot of passes where it just – like the ball was where it was supposed to be. You know, whether the guy caught it or not is a different story. But he was putting it on people, you know. And I, I think having that and having a guy who's been there before and a guy who also can move around pretty well uh, around the pocket. I mean, dude looks the part as quarterback and – I'm actually happy that they went ahead and pulled the trigger because I think just for the overall team health, it benefits you to know who your quarterback is right. this early in the process. Yeah, I mean, 
one thing I wrote down today, I just led Levis plus ball placement. I just thought he was putting the ball in good spots. We saw back shoulders. We saw him throw guys open. Uh, the only real issue is, I think, is just the short game, like the quick game, the, the screens and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Those balls come off a little hot sometimes. Yeah. And they're down by the knees or to the left or the right. That, and that's what I asked Liam Cohen about after practice. He was kind of like, yeah, vertical accuracy we kind of like. Ball placement intermediate deep is good. But we need to get a little bit, you know, he's got to improve on the short game pretty much. Mm-hmm. So that that's something he's going to have to work on. Which it's it's kind of funny because they're almost like that's the opposite of Bo Allen. Or Bo exactly. Allen, he put uh, the ball didn't seem to get there as quickly, but he does throw a real catchable ball in that short and intermediate it's game. Just, it's when you watch the two quarterbacks back to back, it's just remarkably different the, the how the ball travels from A to B. Mm-hmm. Um, for Levis on some of these dig routes. I mean, he gets on these guys fast. Yeah, yeah. And it's straight line. Yes. I mean, whereas Bo's balls, they float a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They got a little bit more spin on it. And I feel like it takes him a little bit longer just to, you know, like fractions of seconds. But I think it takes him a little bit longer to get out. What I do like, though, is he – his best ball is probably like a 12-yard out route. Which, if you're throwing from the right hash to the left sideline, it's got to go a long way. Yeah. And he can still get it there. So, I at least have hope yeah. that he can develop a little bit more strength mm-hmm. to be able to make some of those throws downfield. I know there have been guys like this in the past that have – like Gunnar Hoke was a guy who could who was accurate close, but he just never developed any sort of arm strength. I, 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 that could be the case. I don't think it will. I hope that's not. Because I actually thought – you know, aside from that, uh, <laughs> aside from that play that started his two-minute drive when he kind of chucked it up on a blitz into double coverage for a pick. Aside from that, I thought he played pretty well. Yeah, and on that one, I think he just there was a little misread. There was um, he threw it to the inside receiver, and he had the tight end going down the sideline. I think the tight end was open, and then the outside receiver like took him to the ball or something like that. Yeah, well, he was throwing to the wrong guy. Is what I was kind of getting at. I think he just made a bet. He made a misread on the defense and did just, the ball. It just went right to the safety. I mean, it went right to Taj Dotson. Yeah. And when, when you get a pick in two and everybody, minutes, that as ends soon the as he, As soon as he let it go, everybody knew where it was, <laughs> was going to be picked. Yeah, they and, did. Uh, but um, to me, Levis, we talked about that arm talent and just the easy velocity he creates. And it's really going to, I think, allow the offense to attack the middle of the field. I mean, the middle, throwing over the middle – um, there's a lot of offensives now that won't even do it. Um, it's all just RPO and sideline shot, and they're like Tennessee for this year. It's not going to be much, if any, over the middle passing. If it is, it's a tight end up the seam. Um, everything is outside the hash marks. But for Kentucky, they're going to attack the middle of the field. And to do that, it's a lot easier when you have a quarterback that can throw strikes right there across the middle. And we it, through two practices, I've seen multiple throws where Levis has delivered – um, a quick uh, ball that that is whipped through the air and got on a receiver fast in the middle of the defense with around you know two or three defenders in the area. You know the, the middle of the field can be dark and full of terror, but if you've got a quarterback that can get it there mm-hmm. um, quickly like that. I, you know you're when you have that type of arm talent, it just it can erase some mistakes. You can make decisions a little bit later. Um, coverages don't beat you as well as they would maybe another quarterback because they can't react as fast to your ball. And so I think that 
that that is probably I think the best trait I've seen from him so far is um, the arm strength he has to attack the middle of the field. And I think like obviously he's going to be able to throw it deep, but I think that's going to be um, the area where Kentucky can really have more consistent success. Yeah, and that's something we don't see or haven't seen very often. Uh, and like you said, it can really open up things for Kentucky uh, in the passing game and. With the Levis with the Levis decision, though, we had a domino fall, and I think a lot of people were taken aback that as soon as Levis says, or as soon as they say it's Levis, that Joey Gatewood says I'm out, and I know some people were, why why wouldn't you fight and compete? First things first, quarterbacks transfer. They transfer a lot. That's been the name of the game for a long time. A long, long time. Uh, do you remember Jared Lorenzen, Adam Luckett? I, mean, I sure do. How long ago did he play football in Kentucky? Was it 20 years ago? Yeah, like 02. 03 was his senior year. It was Rich Brooks' first year. So, like 2000 was, I think, his first year. Do you remember who was the quarterback in 1999? Dusty Bonner. And he threw for what, like 2,000 yards? More than that. Yeah. Yeah, he threw for close to 4,000. And then he lost the job, and then he transferred immediately mm -hmm. to D2, and he was D2 player of the year at Valdosta State. And now he's on the Kentucky pregame show. Yeah. Texas Roadhouse pregame show, I think. Yeah, and that was 20 years ago, okay? Now we have a transfer portal. Kentucky's yeah. last three quarterbacks have transferred in. This guy transfers in. He expects to play. He doesn't win the job. He's ready to go elsewhere. It happens. My take on that is this is just how the game is played right now. You know, obviously I, everybody wishes they were Ohio State where they have three top 100 pro, or four top 100 prospects in their quarterback room. All Three of those guys I think could probably have the potential to be first-round draft picks in the NFL draft. But then there's also Clemson where they have one guy they feel really good about and Clemson's backup is a walk-on right now. Um, the, the guy who was supposed to back up DJU towards Achilles in the spring. Alabama's backup to Bryce Young is Paul Bear Bryant's great-great-grandson, who almost came to – like who Kentucky was recruiting for a long time, uh, Paul Tyson. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's battling with a true freshman out of Texas. So, like, even at these big schools, this is a thing. Like, back, like quarterbacks just don't stay there. Like, you're not – and so like – If you lose, you leave. Right. If you lose, you leave is kind of the thing right now. And I, I just think that's something that you, we're just going to have to get used to. Like, you have to pick your guy and you've got to ride him. Uh, I think Kentucky's in a better situation now than they were in 2019. But, but well, I mean, you're, we're going to see. Like, you just – I just – you just got to, you know – Pick your guy, and that's why recruiting the position is so important. You well, got to get guys you you have faith in, and I think they have two. They could have they have faith in yeah. right now. And when they recruited Joey Gateway, they were running a different offense, completely different style of football. That's true. I mean, you you have to think of it that way. And and, uh, and I just the, don't think you can just go into a year and be like, oh, what if a quarterback gets hurt? Well, I'm a t if anybody's quarterback gets hurt, their season. <laughs> um, it's not, you know, it's not, yeah, yeah. you're probably not going to reach your ceiling. Right, right. And I also think, too, that, let's be honest, we had, it, 2019 was freak. You had two quarter, quarterbacks get injured. 
And the guy that would have been your third guy, you gave him a scholarship because you thought his offensive tackle was coming to Kentucky. And that was Walker Wood and Jedrick Wills. Uh, so, And then you missed out the two true freshmen you had, Nick Scalzo and Amani Gilmore, were project project recruits. Yeah. They, they, they were just – you took a gamble on them, hoping one of them would, would work. And I, I, I think to this point. at least the gamble they've taken with Kaya Sharon is going to end up being a good one. I mean, he, he throws some nice passes out there. He's got yeah, some arm I mean, strength. We'll see. And, um, you know, if there's a disaster, I think that – and you have both him – if you have both him and Bo Allen go down, obviously pickings are going to be slim and you're going to run the ball a lot. But I think you can do worse than Sharon. So – yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's hope that it doesn't get to that point. I, I mean, because uh, like part part of the reason why Gatewood made the move too is because Bo Allen's playing so well the last few weeks. When we watched that, you you heard us talking a few weeks ago with Freddie that Bo Allen might have looked om- as good as any of them that day we were out there, mm-hmm. aside from a couple throws that Leffis made. So yeah, the only thing with Bo, he's just stretching the ball vertically. It's just a challenge for him. There's no real hiding from that. It just it just is. Uh, anything 12 yards and in, I think he's pretty good. But when it comes to stretch the ball or when it comes time where you got to really put something on this ball to get it there, mm-hmm. that's where he struggles. Um, for Bo in college, he's going to have to be a master of the system uh, for him to be a good starting quarterback. He's going to have to be in a system for three, four years and be a maestro back there. Um, and I think he could be on his way to doing that. Yeah. Um, now he's not he's not ready right now, but he could be in the future. Um, but that's always going to be an issue for him. It's just getting the ball in certain places is just he just doesn't have the arm talent as some other quarterbacks have. The the question I have for you, Luckett, I want to throw your feet to the fire. Stoops said part of the you know part of the reason for the decision was if hey. I think they had a feeling that Gatewood was going to go if he wasn't the guy on the job. Okay, we had a very awkward media day interview with Joey Gatewood. Yeah, it gets even more awkward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every day. And, to me. and you could tell that he sent something. I mean, why else are we leaking reports like out there that, that Gatewood's pushing? Anybody for that the doesn't job know what that is, um, all the quarterbacks met with the media, Nick Scalzo and. Kai Sharon both talk longer than Joey Gatewood. Every question Joey Gatewood got was a set of a eight word sentence max answer. Yeah, I mean it was. It was what you know. You think you think you're gonna you know perform well this year, Joey? We'll see, and stuff like it was just it was just a, that's brutal. something you see from a quarterback. Yeah, normally there's a uh, you know quarterbacks are they they highly of themselves. Yeah. There's normally and like at, you know at the at the day, and I talked about this. I thought he came off. I thought it came off just as, like, cocky, like, I'm the man. You know, I don't care what you're all saying. I'm out here, you know, handling my business. But in hindsight, kind of looks like a guy that might have had, I don't know, maybe some sour grapes or something. You don't know. Uh, but it was just, yeah, get back to your point. You might have been right. Maybe he kind of knew. And they. I think Kentucky had to kind of get their ducks in a row. I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah, yeah. And they're allowing him to be able to, to get out without enrolling for this school year, so he'll save a year of eligibility and be able to play after sitting for one year. Uh, like He could be good for next fall, essentially, if he finds a new home quickly. By putting your feet to the fire, like Stoop said, he believes he can be a power five quarterback. Do you think he can be a power five quarterback? 
where could he potentially be a power five quarterback? I I think Joey has to have the right system. I, I mean, I was always skeptical that this system was best for him. Um, he seems like kind of a power spread quarterback where, you know, heavy run game, something maybe similar to what Dan Mullen does. You know, he's in year four now. In his high school career, he was very raw. Mm-hmm. And it was always he could grow into something. He really hasn't grown into something. So, I don't – I mean – yeah, he could. There's some bad Power Five quarterbacks out there. <laughs> I, you know, you could drop him in Lawrence, Kansas, um, or some other places, and I think he could potentially maybe start. Um, but the best bet for him would either be um, sit, work out this year, and try to go to G5, or just drop down to FCS, play a couple of years, and see what you can do. I think I would like to see him at Georgia Southern. They run that kind of option stuff down there. Yeah, that read but the stuff. problem was. With Joey is, like, when we've seen him run, it hasn't been great. Like, he's not really a guy that runs behind his pads. He'll plow people over in the power game. And that's what – for a quarterback like that, that's what you would like to see more, I would, I, I guess would be the right term. And, like, now it was very small sample. We only saw him a little bit. But, yeah, yeah. But the Georgia game wasn't great, obviously. Now, he wasn't put in a great situation there. But some of the other games, like, I just wish I would have seen a little bit more. Um, and then the, really there's nothing there from Auburn that's, either. That's kind and of the just, Joey Gatewood story, you yeah. know. <laughs> and he's been, it's four years now. You know, this is year four in college for him. Two years at Auburn, one year – well, and this would have been the second year at Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Best of luck to him. Hope things turn out well for, for Joey Gatewood. And, um, you know, for him in the recruitment process, like, what is he – he doesn't have much tape to show coaches. Like, we, we heard today – Cohen and Will Levis talk about the kind of the recruiting process in the Nebraska game. Like that was a, that was a big game they watched. That was like the data point that where they pulled from. There's not that that's not that doesn't exist for Gatewood. Like there's no real. You're not going to throw the Georgia game on no. and go see his 20 percent passing success rate. <laughs> so that's just uh, yeah. You know where he's averaging 3.8 yards per attempt. He got sacked umpteen times. It's just not there for him. So for him to continue down the quarterback road, it's probably, you know, you're going to have to go down a level, I would imagine, at least, maybe two to FCS. Mm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But, Nick, I, I have to say, I took the bait preseason. When they added Rosenthal, I was like, oh, this is their left. Uh, they're going to move into left. He'll be the left <laughs> tackle. Gennaro will be the right. And I was pretty firm in that. And then I, I took the bait. They they fed me the flax. <laughs> then I went back to uh, – flax is going to make them earn it. Then I went back to spring ball, and they called him a cornerstone. And I was like, you know, maybe it might take Rosenthal a little bit. You know, he's new. Maybe he starts off as a swing tackle. I mean, then, you know, week two, week three, week four, he's the starter. Well, that <laughs> took him about a week to uh, take the starting pot, and Darian Kennard is back at right tackle. Uh, and we haven't heard Kennard. I'll be interested to hear Kennard's comments on that because he was pretty stern at SEC Media Day about wanting to play left tackle. Yeah. Now, when he did get asked – But they asked, got me. They, they in, got me hook, line, and sink. In the spring, they did, when he got asked about, like, 
you know, uh, I'll play whatever position that they need me to. That he, he would give those kind of quotes. Yeah, he said like for the team when he announced he was coming back. Right, right. Um, but I think some of this is, A, they don't want to just – it appeared to just, all right, Dare, you're coming in and we're just handing you a spot. But, like, let's be honest. If Darian played well at left tackle, they would still make him play right tackle in the NFL, right? Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, yeah, I get a right it. guard, you know, like yeah, he, he, they're going to probably move him around. I would imagine, right? But he, probably not going to be a left tackle in the NFL. Uh, Dear Rosenthal, probably going to be a left tackle in the NFL. I think uh, Wolford said they caught him running twenty miles an hour. Like he, he's an athlete that can go up against. Uh, yeah, those he looks good in person. And there was a. Uh, there was a couple comments that Eric Wolford had today, which, by the way, Eric Wolford just, I mean, this guy is true he's offensive line coach yeah. character. He's a gym. I mean, he is, he is great to watch operate. And then afterwards, he gives you some pretty candid, honest answers that are, aren't like revealing in like a gotcha way, but like, you know what? That makes sense. And the way he put it, he's like, you know, pass pro is they want to make it a five-on-five five game and they want to put their best guy against your worst guy. Defenses, right. Yes. That, that's kind of – that's how you win in pass pro. And if you've got guys that are out of position and trying to learn stuff, he's like, we don't got time for that. We're starting a season now. You can't be warning on the job or else they'll go after you. So, it, 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 it made the right sense for the team to do this. And I think all in all, when you look in totality, the big picture here, they, they got through the first scrimmage – and, I, I, hell, I think Dare even played left tackle in the first scrimmage. But after 10 days, Stoop said, all right, we know what we got. This is what we're doing. I'm not going to dilly-dally around and waste another week of practice having you play out of position, switching reps with Gatewood, around. like, no, no, no. We've got ourselves a good team. Now let's work on what we need to work on in training camp so that you know, we still aren't trying to figure stuff out once it starts. Uh, Wolford said that, you know, they have obviously been working more on pass pro because that's something they haven't done as much. You know, like these guys know how to run block. We've got to get better at And they're asking them to do probably some different stuff in pass protection right. than in the past. But I, I think the big picture of some of these moves they made, they're making them a little bit earlier than normal because I, I, I think there's a very no-nonsense approach this year, which is a good sign for me, you know, looking back from 10,000 feet. Yeah, I agree with that. And then Eli Cox has really made quite a move with this new staff. Yeah, he's impressed him. Because he's pretty much got that – a lot of people thought Flax would just slide to right guard and maybe I'm taking the bait again. <laughs> but they talk about Eli Cox like, you know, he's he's it. And then we, I asked Wolford about him today and he said he he brings power. And that's what NFL – that's what you look for in the NFL, and that's what we think he can bring us, is power and move the people off the ball. And, you, you like, the move to Kennard, right tackle, Cohen said, we're not going to run it a lot going to the left. <laughs> we're going to run it a lot going to the right. I don't know if that was just, you know – I think uh, it was a little tongue-in-cheek, tongue but, but still. But still, that the, the combination of those two together, I think, they think can really do some damage to some teams. Mm-hmm. On that side. So, that's going to be something interesting to watch. And really, he's been – him and Cummings, I think, have kind of been some of the, you know, surprise risers, I would say. Like, him yeah. just totally owning a, a starting spot. Going in the spring, I don't think any of us 
No, no. Or thanking Matt. Completely forgot about him. Not going to lie. Hand up. I yeah. forgot about him. Sorry, Eli. But I did. Because, I mean, you know, it's been, what, two, three years? Yeah, he was a low three-star in the class of 2019. And, yeah, he was kind of an afterthought in that class. Yeah. And now he's now he's trending to be one of the better players in that class. <laughs> it's crazy. Crazy how that, that works out. But uh, Cox has done well to, to get in his role. Flax is still going to have a role. We saw them roll out a jumbo package that they did quite a bit where he was yeah. playing like a tight end role. Yeah. So, I, you know, you're going to see him there. You're not, and also, I mean, he's going to be spelling your tackles. They also mentioned him at guard. I love, too, that uh, – that they're that Wolford's just gonna play wall ball at every position. Yeah, he said he's tried him at <laughs> center tackle. guard tackle. Center he's, guard doing well. And man, that flow really does. Him and Dotson when they got their helmets off. If y'all were close to the UK sideline this year, you're gonna notice their flow. I mean, both of them. Yeah, Dotson's got a good looking waterfall going right now. Dotson had a little cast on his arm too, and you think that cast is gonna mm-hmm. take him out of play and help? Yeah, that jumbo package was interesting. They went 13 personnel. Um, so two tight ends, and then they use the tackle as the third tight end. Um, I'd be interested to see how much they use that. Sometimes they motion the um, Bates into full, and he played some fullback mm-hmm. some today. Um, that that would that was interesting to me. I'm, I, I'm interested to see how they use that, and just personnel groupings in general. I think it's going to be fascinating um, because the lack of receivers, how they used to kind of alleviate that with running backs, with Cummings. You know, formationally, as expected, Cummings was all over the place today. And I think that's something you'll continue to see as they utilize him this season. I uh, I, I think the last piece of the puzzle that we have from practice – or do we have another piece of the puzzle from practice? We had some breaking news right around practice time that I'm sure some folks are going to be fussing over. And I'm not going to. Just yet? Because I feel like – I feel a little, like, almost inside biz, you know? Like, like it's a little inside baseball. Because I, I, Keontae Goodwin did an interview with on threes Chad Simmons. Uh, and a video dropped today of him saying that, you know, he's going to visit Alabama, Michigan State, and Ohio State, I want to say. Uh, folks are going to worry about that. I mean, you're, you're just going to. I'm just – I'm not taking this bait like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see how that all shakes out. But I, from all accounts, he's pretty locked in with Kentucky. But, you know, he's a big-time recruit, and that's kind of what you have to deal with for those guys. So, you got to play the game. If you want the players, you got to play the game. Well, there's also a clip coming out later of him talking about how strongly committed he is to Kentucky. I, I've, I've been with Keontae quite a bit, uh, hanging out over at Aspirations Gym. He takes calls because he's a polite young kid. I just – I don't – I don't see him, like, active. Like, he, he's going to do these like, – he's going to go through this. I just don't see him decommitting from Kentucky. I just don't. And if I get fooled, I get fooled. Who knows? Maybe he's going up to Ohio State to recruit Tegra. Yeah, he could be. You know, I mean, just joking joking there. But, I mean, we'll see. I, I These kids have five of – we had them we would probably use them too so if i could go to ohio state for the oregon game or go mm-hmm. to alabama for when they i believe they host lsu this year you know yeah. why not so uh, i mean we'll see how i think kentucky should feel fine 
with Goodwin right now. They've really seemed to build a strong relationship with him. The Rosenthal adding them, I think, probably helped too, because he had the connection there with aspirations. Yeah, they work out together. And yeah, so, I, I, I'm just, folks. I get why you might be a little concerned. People are always going to be like, I had somebody even get worried because he quote tweeted his friends at Michigan State visiting. Like, <laughs> I was like, guys, guys, you, you calm down. Like, he's, he, he's, he's. That's that's uh. He's glowing up his friends a little bit that's, here. That's that's the game. Don't hate the player, <laughs> hate the game. Yeah. Um, the only other thing, beginning of practice, we saw some special teams work. Um, Ruffalo missed three field goals in a row: 40, 42, 51. Wide left, wide right, wide left. Mark Stoops told us Wilson Berry's banged up on Saturday. Um, he wasn't out there punting today when they went a little live. Um, it was it was walk on Colin Goodfellow. Would you? Uh, my guess would be like a groin deal. Yeah, I would assume something like that. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously Ooh, a little concerning. Fun thing, I was up in the middle of the night the other day. Uh, and when I say middle of the night, my son just woke up at like 5.30 a.m. And uh, Max Duffy's old team, the Fremantle Dockers, they were playing in the big rivalry, the Derby. I forget who their rival is, but they won. So, shout out to the Dockers for getting that dub. Good uh, job, Dockers. It was like the last two minutes. I didn't really know what was happening. That field they play on is enormous. Yeah. Louisville actually dipped into the Australia punter game this year. <laughs> they did. And their punter is 25 years old. Mm. Louisville's quarterback coach is like 28 years old. <laughs> So they got an they got an old man over there. Yeah, the Australians are taking over. I yep. would I would be shocked if if Barry's healthy, if he's not. Um, right, right. And then punt return, they were working Wandale, Ali, and Drennan. Yeah. Out catching punts. Um, so I I wouldn't be surprised if we see all three of those guys field punts eventually this season. Drennan's got some good hair right now. He's got like half bond, half not. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a fro. He had a couple nice runs today. You know. He, he's got some juice in the yeah. backfield. You could see. How it worked. Now he's strictly probably kind of a third down back type, mm-hmm. but he's got he brings some juice to the position. So it'll be I'm be I don't think we'll see a lot of him this year, but yeah. in the future seeing could how they use lot. him could be right, interesting. Right. Um, look at we have our first Friday night of football coming up this week. We do. Um, your Saint X Tigers are playing Gavin Wimsett and the Owensboro Red Devils down in Owensboro. Yeah, this year. yeah, that'll be a big game for both programs. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Saint X. They they want to make the claim that they're the best team in the state this year. Got to got to go out and beat Owensboro if you All want. All reports at a popular level is that they've got a pretty good team, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, um, the Douglas scrimmage last week they were supposed to have was canceled due to the storms. Yep. So yep. that was a bummer. Right. Um, the KSR game of the week, the Kroger KSR game of the week, Scott County and Franklin County. That's a air raid. You know, Franklin County, the Flyers, they live up to their name. They throw it around the yard. They got they got some good athletes out there. And then Scott County, it's just three yards in a cloud of dust. So, mm-hmm. uh, fun to see how that, that those differing styles will end up playing out. So, uh, Central Manual, that's a big one in the city of Louisville that's uh, going down. I think it's Central Manual, right? Yeah. Yeah, I believe that's yeah, right. Yeah, Central Manual. That'll be a big one. So, Manual Stadium. Mm-hmm. Should have uh, – glad to have football back with us. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that high school football – I mean, it's this week. Yeah. It's it, game I mean, week. I mean, it really does sneak up on you, too. Um, it really does. Uh, I, w- there was one other game that I wanted to mention that I couldn't let uh, slip by. Um, the, one, the one unfortunate thing is we have already gotten a few COVID cancellations. That stinks. We're, I mean, we're going to be dealing with that all this year. 
just a real bummer. Uh, ho- hopefully teams don't lose too much of the season. Because I know last year it felt like once you got one, then, you know, it just – the snowball quickly got out of control. Um, oh, we got Apollo at Owensboro Catholic too. That fun little rivalry. Uh, Wexcath is at Ryle. So uh, a, lot, a lot of fun games there. PRP, Plain Valley, Beller Western, uh, and some uh, bowl games on Saturday. We've got uh, Taylor County, Rock Castle, Rock Castle, uh, Bowling Green, and Highlands too. Those are some big brand names. North Harden versus South Warren. That, those are the the Rafferty's Bowl down at Western Kentucky. Right. Those always bring some good fireworks. So if you're in the area around Bowling Green, you, you can get you some good football. We played Saturday. there my junior and senior year. Played yeah. Bowling Green down there. Those are fun games. Played at – I don't know if they still play it at WKU. So. Yeah, yeah, they play it at yeah. uh, WKU. So, uh, and North, they, I, I can't name any of the guys, but that South Warren kid's going to Western Kentucky. Velt Camp. So, mm-hmm. they'll have Kate a good Velt squad. Camp. Yeah, they, they, they put out some talent. So, some good high school football games on the horizon. But, luck it, it's almost that time we do have to pick up a, a G5 team. Yeah, I've got notes here. Thanks for everybody um, that – that went down. And we got some suggestions here, Nick. We I, got I got some good suggestions as well. We got a Wyoming suggestion. Um, they're installing North Dakota State's offense. They're in the they're in the Mountain West. Uh, they're kind of smash mouth run the ball. We could get football weather. Mm-hmm. But I looked at their schedule and we don't have any late night kickoffs. Oh. And the only three games haven't been announced. So I think we have to scratch Wyoming off. Okay, place. get out of here, Cowboys. See you later. Okay. Eastern Michigan. No one really touched on them, but Obvious reasons, we have a deep love for Chris Creighton's program. They're still on the list. Yep, I'm keeping them on the list. So, and then the matching games, we got a Tuesday, Tuesday, Friday. Tuesday, oh. Tuesday, Tuesday, Friday. So, you got three Tuesdays there in November where we could be locked in. <laughs> um, I got a suggestion Ooh. for Toledo. Yep. Um, Bryant Kobach, obviously. Yeah. Um, they've got the most talent at Notre Dame in the non-conference. They've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday matching. But no last game. So, last game Saturday. I don't know. Toledo might – that just doesn't feel right. So, I'm taking Toledo off the list. I, I got a suggestion for Miami uh, of Ohio. I did too. Um, now, I will say I'm, I've been to Miami. It's a great campus, uh, lovely place. But I went there because I was dating a girl there. And so, that turned out that, – that was a terrible idea. Why would I try to date a girl at another college? There's plenty of girls right here on campus. So, I'm biased yeah. against Miami. Mm-hmm. Throw them out. Okay. Now, Kent State, they've got a fun offense. Um, it's kind of the Baylor offense. they got a core, good quarterback. A couple intriguing non-conference games, but they only have two matching games. Last two games, Saturday, Saturday. Sorry, oh, Kent State. Yeah. Can't, do it. can't do it. No, if you don't, can't if you're do not matching it. it up. So, really, in the MAC, i got two for us. I've got Eastern Michigan and then Western Michigan. They have an NFL quarterback. They've got three intriguing non-conference games. they got a game at Pitt. They could probably win a game at Michigan to start the season. Um, give us something to cheer for in the press box where cheering's not allowed. And then they, their matching is Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. That's pretty good. And I, like I said, NFL quarterback Caleb Ellaby. So Western Michigan and Eastern Michigan, I think, are our two options out of the MAC. Now, another team with an NFL quarterback, Nevada, and also has an NFL receivers. They have a mummy calling plays. Oh. Air raid. Um, they've got at Cal and at Kansas State, two games they can win. And, Nick, they've got a 10.30 kickoff, a 10.30 kickoff, a 10.30 kickoff, a 10.30 kickoff, a 10 o'clock kickoff on a Friday. Oh, wow. A 10.30 kickoff, a 9 o'clock kickoff. Dude, that is so many late games. So, that, that is oh, right man. in the after dark that, window. So, man, they, are a, they are a prime time candidate. Oh, man. Okay. So, we got the Nevada Wolfpack. Um, and then the last two, I've got Hawaii and Fresno State. 
Um, now, Fresno State's got five kickoffs currently scheduled 10 o'clock or later. I, I kind of like Fresno State. I think they got kind of like a cool logo. I think their helmet's cool. Yeah, They've very, got the checkerboard in the end zone. Very old. Like, uh, it reminds me of uh, late night, like playing video games when you're right. a kid. You the know? cars, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, like that. And here, here's the thing, though, like it. My general thoughts are that there might be a greater chance of me paying attention to Tuesday night football. That's what I'm thinking. Than late night football. So, I, th- that, I lean a little bit more maction in that sense, although it is really tempting to have all those late nights. It's just that I, only, I know mm-hmm. that I'm only going to stay up for them if Kentucky's playing yeah. a night game. Mm-hmm. and Yeah. The, only, the last one I have was Hawaii because there's a week zero game. <laughs> and so you get that. And then obviously the late kickoffs. Like they have two kickoffs after midnight right now on the, on the dock. But that might be too late. So we need to take Hawaii off. That's just, that's just too much. All right. Well, I so think – we got, we got four. So what we're going to do, I'm, we're going to throw a poll out there. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I'm, the, best, the best way probably to do this would be on Twitter, you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll put a poll, poll on Twitter this week. Uh, and then we'll make an announcement next week on 11 personnel. So we've Man. got Eastern Michigan – We've got Western Michigan, we've got Nevada, and we've got Fresno State. We got man. If it wasn't so difficult to purchase hats, we'd have to put hats on the table. Because I have a feeling yeah. getting an Eastern Michigan and a Fresno <laughs> State hat in Lexington, Kentucky, <laughs> can't be very yeah. easy. Can't be. Um, can't be super easy. But either way, we will. We, we will have a commitment ceremony of sorts. Um, this is exciting. I just the thought of like. Getting hyped for a Nevada football game in the press co- box <laughs> at like eleven thirty, like, like you have the big games over. Because all right, to peel back the curtain, there's always they have other games going on back in like the kind of uh, dining room where they have tables. Yeah. So you know you'll hear people cheering for uh, other games all the time, or like, oh my gosh, you'll never believe what's happening. This year, that's just going to be me and Luckett, like, going crazy. Like, go, go. <laughs> and it's Nevada. <laughs> yeah. Up by, like, trying to cover the 28-point sp- uh, spread, you know. Can we get this on court. FS2, Tony? <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Folks, we got high school football this weekend. We've got regular college football next weekend. We're close. So close, we can almost smell it. Almost smell the delicious pizza from Old Rose's. It's not as – like, I like football and all, but, man, you open that pizza box. You know what's also a good feeling, too, like it, is whenever you get a carryout and you're the person who gets to hold the pizza box and it's just sitting there nice and toasty on your lap on the way home. And Or spend a night at your friend's house growing up as a kid. Go over there. Oh, hey, boys, we're going to order pizza tonight. What do you all want from La Rosa's? Oh, man. And that feeling, the anticipation, and then you have that pizza. And there's and so they many order, boxes. And they order more than they really probably should because they – you know, you're yeah. having a friend over, so you all, you all go You get an extra ham, box from right? one. Yeah. <laughs> Just go from ham. one so extra person. So you're eating pizza all night. Nothing, nothing's better than that. Oh, man. Nothing's better than Little Rosas. We appreciate them joining us throughout this entire preseason. We appreciate you patronizing their locations around Lexington and Northern Kentucky. Um, hell, anywhere. Little Rosas, it's the best of the best, just like Kentucky football. Uh, we're going to have more from this open practice coming out throughout the day. Luckett's got some little roses leftovers for later on. But we appreciate you all for hanging out with us. Uh, vote on the poll. we got to pick a G5 team. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, I will. This pod is it's Tuesday. I'll drop that poll sometime Wednesday. So yeah. we'll have that on Twitter for a week, and we'll, 
We'll see what what the results say. Oh man, cannot wait, cannot wait. Thank you much for listening. This has been 11 Personnel with Nick Roush and Adam Luckett. Remember, go Cats and go Kroger. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.